Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse's route of Albany and a look forward to Liberty. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and we are thrilled to be joined on the program by former Syracuse linebacker Jake Flaherty. Jake, thanks so much for your time. How are you today? I'm doing great, Wes. Great to be here. Yeah, and great to speak with you, Jake. And I want to get you started on this one. We had your former Syracuse football teammate, Brandon Carr, on the program a couple weeks ago. He's now CEO of Terzo, and you're working with him. Tell us about the company. Absolutely. Um, We are called Terzo. We basically are a CRM, or Customer Relationship Management Platform, but built for the buying side. Uh, So we basically assist persona who are in vendor management or procurement and are looking to make uh, purchases, you know, buying software for their company or uh, dealing with several different kinds of vendors, and we allow them to centralize all of their vendor information and vendor data into a platform. And have been there for, we just uh, closed our seed round, and we're in the process of uh, raising what's called a Series A, which is uh, essentially the next round of, funding. That's awesome, Jay. Congratulations on the big milestone. And one awesome thing about Terzo is that you and Brandon Carter there, two former Syracuse football players, Al Giacondi, a former Syracuse lacrosse player is there, and you have two investors who are also former Syracuse football players. How important was it to you to continue your Syracuse athletics connection through your work today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it feels great. I mean, you know, that's, that's partly the reason why you you know, you, you join a football team or you join a fraternity or you join a sorority in college and, you know, come full, full circle and, and be working with people uh, that, you know, you've gone to battle with. In football, uh, it's, it's really just a wonderful thing to, to have. You know, you're, there's, there's more of an emotional investment, I'd say, uh, when you're approaching business because, you know, these are, you know, these are, these are teammates. These are people you just don't want to let down. So let's talk about the current team now. Syracuse is 2-1 and one and coming off a route of Albany. I want to get your general thoughts on how the team looks right now. Absolutely. Um, general thoughts, you know, obviously I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to watch a lot of the Albany game, but uh, from the games I have watched, you know, certainly Rutgers and Ohio, uh, you know, defense, Defense looks strong. I think Tony White is really putting them in a position to succeed. Uh, you know, outstanding, outstanding play by some of the young guys, young guys, especially you know Deuce Chestnut coming in, you know, winning a game ball as a freshman, true freshman, uh, and you know, just very impressive. And and I think offensively, you know, there's some things coming together. I love that we're establishing a running game uh, in Sean Tucker. And, you know, I, I don't really know what to make of the whole quarterback scenario. I think, um, 
you know, obviously both good football players and both tough kids. And, and uh, you know, Tommy looked really good this past weekend. So it's, it's hard to come away with, you know, the win at Albany, you know, saying that there's, you know, some settled quarterback situation because uh, it seems, you know, like he was getting the job done. You are former Syracuse linebacking great. You touched on the defense, but let's focus on the current batch of linebackers. How do you think they're doing? Uh, just outstanding. And, and uh, you know, I think uh, I want to say we had thir- thir- were there 13 tackles for a loss against Albany or something something ridiculous. Um, you know, so they're, they're you know, at the point of contact, they're, you know, putting pressure on teams. And, and I want to say against Rutgers, there were several, several sacks you know, just in a row. So, you know, linebacking core looks great. And, uh, you know, their interior linemen obviously are, are getting penetration and, uh, you know, able to use their physical gifts. And, Jake, we'll get you out of here on this one. There was a lot of frustration in the fan base over the loss to Rutgers, but you're not just in the fan base. You're a former Syracuse player. So I wanted to see what the thought was about Dino Bapers among the Syracuse football alumni community. Yeah, there, I think it's a great, great question. You know, in my in my experience, it's been very, very generally uh, positive, and and uh, you know, I can say that all alumni would love nothing more than to you know be in a bowl game somewhere in Florida. They'll come December or January. Uh, so <laughs> I don't, I I don't hear a whole lot of conversations pertaining to job security. We're just kind of like, okay, like. You know, we know Coach Babers can get it done. We've seen him get it done before. And, uh, you know, alumni would love nothing more, including my dad and, you know, my uncle and, you know, various family conversations I've had too. And, and uh, you know, we're just, we just, we just want to see them do well. You know, like we, uh, we would love to have nothing more than, to, you know, be in Arizona or somewhere like that. Jake, thanks so much for coming on the program again. Our great friend, Terzo Business Development and former Syracuse linebacker, Jake Flaherty. Jake, appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the rest of the college football season. We'll speak with you soon. It's our pleasure, and we love your show, and thank you for having us. Awesome chatting with our great friend, Jake Flaherty. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad Syracuse routing FCS Albany on Saturday, 62-24. to Yes, they're an FCS team, but you have to play the games that are on your schedule, and Syracuse won by a comfortable margin. What were your overall thoughts on the game? Well, my thoughts certainly start with you win the game. It's important to get a W. You play the teams on your schedule. We know it's an FCS opponent, so you have to get the, the win. And I you know, pointed out before that we get going into the game that you know enough teams had already lost in the FBS level, the FCS team. So you have to be ready for every opponent on the schedule. Syracuse was certainly ready and much more than that in uh, putting up 62 points and getting that victory. So the good news, of course, is a win. Uh, The good news is also along the lines that a lot of players got some game live experience. They're going to be able to put a lot of those plays uh, for film review, which they started on Sunday, the day after the game. And heading into the week of the the short week, actually, for the Liberty game on Friday night in the Dome. So that's the good news that a lot of players got to play. The bad news was the penalty bugaboo was back again with 16 in the game for a school record, 164 yards. And that those mental errors, we've talked about it, it's just a broken record here on the podcast, Wes. 
the coaching staff really has to step up. Dino Babers really has to step up in team meetings, individual unit meetings. They've really got to work on the mental discipline and uh, cutting back on the penalties because, you know, from here on in, it's Liberty and an ACC game, so a really tough schedule. Kind of like uh, some other notes from that game was in, was encouraged that Syracuse won the coin toss, took the football. I think that they should be doing that more and really getting the offense in a groove. Uh, I know it can backfire if you have, you know, one first down and then three plays and a punt, but this is, let's get back to Orange is the new fast. Let's get back in that direction for the offense. So encouraged by winning the coin toss and taking the football, trying to get an early lead in the game. I like that. Want to see more wide receivers play. Now, eight different players caught passes in the win over Albany, but I'd like to see some of the players that played in the second half get more rotation in the, in the ball game, uh, in, including uh, Alford and Gatson. These are tall wide receivers, something that Syracuse hasn't had in a couple of seasons. And so I'd like to see more rotation at that position. Was impressed with the restructuring of the offensive line. That's going to be really critical in the Liberty game. It's going to be one in the trenches. So getting the offensive line going, putting up big holes for Sean Tucker and his big day was really important. Uh, the two quarterback situation. I unfortunately don't see that changing anytime soon. And it's going to fall into that two quarterbacks is really not having one quarterback. You have both Tommy DeVito and Garrett Schrader thinking, you know, I've done everything I need to, to do to play, and I want to play, and now it's going to be up to Dino Babers to make those hard decisions. But I still think going into the ACC and the Liberty game Friday, you're going to see two quarterbacks uh, alternating in the ball game. Uh, and then on defense, really like the effort, and it just continues to be strong. Uh, the defensive front, that rotation has been great. That's, again, going to be really important against Liberty. And, again, I've said all season, Love the play by the, the linebackers and the defensive backs. And you have to love Andre Schmidt, you know, one of the most consistent kickers in Syracuse history. So that's all good from the Albany game in recap and now have to keep it up with the Liberty game coming up in just six days after the Albany win. I'm glad you left off on Liberty because Syracuse hosts them on Friday. Liberty handled Syracuse last season and heading into this game, there's going to be a big difference between 3-1 and one and 2-2 two and two heading into ACC play. I think this game is a good bellwether to see how the rest of the season is going to play out. Exactly, Wes. Sitting there at game number four, which is where I would have liked it if I ideally could have made my own schedule, would have had Syracuse opening up at home against Albany then going on the road against Ohio as a road test in the second game, then hosting Rutgers, then playing Liberty, because I think Liberty is just a little bit more talented than Rutgers. They're going to come in on the border end of the uh, top 25 polls this week. Everyone, of course, talks about quarterback Malik Willis, who had 264 yards of offense in that win in the Dome uh, last season, as Liberty put up 38 points in that game. And that's exactly what they averaged in going 10-1 and one last year. So they can score. Malik Willis has a couple of fleet-wide receivers. But I think the, the uh, item to keep an eye on in the game Friday night for Liberty uh, is the Flames' defense. They really stepped it up in the second half in beating Old Dominion last week. So, again, as I alluded to a few minutes ago, I really think this game is going to be won in the trenches. How will the uh, re revitalize Syracuse offensive line 
do against the Liberty defensive front, which had numerous sacks against Old Dominion? And how will the Syracuse defensive line do against Liberty? And, of course, having to eye, keep a, a close eye on Malik Willis, the quarterback, and shutting down the Flames' running game. like to see somebody kind of like acting as a spy, one of the linebackers, uh, Jeff Canton, RQ, Marlo Wax, or even Mikel Jones uh, on Willis. And at the same time, you have to figure that the Liberty defense is going to keep its eye on Sean Tucker. So in that respect, like to see some rotation of the Syracuse running backs. I thought Jarvie and Howard brings a different sort of step to the flow of the game when he comes in, and you even have Abdul Adams there. So I'd like to see Dino Babers think about, you know, we all want to put the ball in Sean Tucker's hands. We know how talented he is. But I also think from a strategy standpoint and to keep the Liberty defense uh, guessing a tad, uh, it might be good to rotate running backs in a little bit more. And then, again, as we talked about earlier, cut down on the penalties. Don't beat yourself. It's going to be really important against a team that's, again, sitting uh, at the back end of the top 25. So this is really an important game. Game number four, and uh, the one heading into the Florida State game, which now has been announced as a 3.30 kickoff in Tallahassee the following week. Very important for Syracuse to get out of the first four games with a 3-1 and one record. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. I'm going to detail it a little bit more in my Arch Watch column this week, Wes, but the Syracuse basketball schedule released late last week, of course, they have to make it now a made-for-TV event to fill in some programming on the ACC network. That's all in good. But looking at the early season schedule really stands out. There's a stretch there where Syracuse could very likely play Baylor in Game 2 of the Battle for Atlantis, following that up with either Michigan State, Connecticut, Auburn, or Loyola of Chicago, so another tough opponent there. That's, of course, presuming they do beat Virginia Commonwealth in the first game in the Bahamas, followed by consecutive games against Indiana in the Dome at Florida State, Villanova at Madison Square Garden, and Georgetown in D.C. Wow, that's a tough stretch. And the team will be really the benefit of that, having that tough early season schedule before the ACC. And then the one other note about the ACC schedule, Coach K's final game in the Dome, February 26th, as Duke comes in, likely to be a Saturday night primetime game. That's to be determined. But then just two days later, Syracuse has to go to North Carolina in a big Monday game. And as we know, they're zero for five facing the Tar Heels all time at the Dean Smith Center, just one in six in that building. So that'll be an interesting stretch at the end of February. Kind of interesting notes to bookend the Syracuse basketball schedule. Brad, my closing thoughts are on 2022 wing Chris Bunch, who will take an official visit to Syracuse this weekend. It is his second official visit to Syracuse, and he'll be joined by another prospect on campus, 2022 center Peter Carey. Bunch is a four-star forward and ranked 58th in his class by 24-7 sports. Syracuse, Rutgers, and Washington are among the schools pursuing Bunch. A commitment from Bunch would be a huge boost to a class in a cycle that's had plenty of ups and downs so far. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that when I was in high school, these twins got mono. Actually, they got stereo. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? 
Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.